Today is Wednesday, December the 13th, 2023, and this is a Daily Inc. update. Today, the entire House will be voting on an official impeachment inquiry regarding Joe Biden after the House Rules Committee passed a resolution with a 9-4 vote on Tuesday of this week. The resolution continues what has already begun within several House committees that are investigating Joe and Hunter Biden. The resolution expresses the intention for the full House to exercise its constitutional power to impeach the president. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson spoke about how the full House vote to make a formal inquiry will help bypass the stonewalling that committees are experiencing from the White House. And I've made this very clear. Remember, my background is constitutional law. I served on the impeachment defense team twice under President Trump. We developed, unfortunately, Elisa and I an expertise in this area. This is not something they really covered in law school. Uh, what you know about impeachment, if you look at the Constitution, is it's a heavy authority that's given to the House, specifically to the House. That's where the, the power lies. And next to the declaration of war, you've all heard me say many times, I think it may be the heaviest power that we have. It's very, very serious business. It has to be conducted in that way. The impeachment inquiry is necessary now, as, our, as Whip Emmer just explained, because we've come to this impasse where following the facts where they lead is hitting a stone wall because the White House is impeding that investigation now. They're not allowing witnesses to come forward and thousands of pages of documents. So we have no choice. To fulfill our constitutional responsibility, we have to take the next step. We're not making a political decision. It's not. It's a legal decision. So people have feelings about it one way or the other. We can't prejudge the outcome. The Constitution does not permit us to do so. We have to follow the truth where it takes us, and that is exactly what we're going to do. And I'll note, too, I know that, that, that people are um, you know, frustrated sometimes with the, the time that's being invested in this. But this is the way the founders anticipated that something like this would go. There, there's no, there shouldn't be any such thing as a snap impeachment, a sham impeachment like the Democrats did against President Trump. This is the opposite of that. And that's why people are getting restless, because they want things to happen quickly. If you follow the Constitution and you do the right thing, you cannot rush it. Also on Tuesday, Joe Biden apparently expressed disapproval with Israel's Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. He did so during a fundraiser at the White House that was not televised. Biden thinks that Netanyahu should change his handling of the Palestinian conflict following the Hamas tax in October. Biden even suggested that the country of Israel will lose the support of other nations if the current members of the Israeli government continue to reject a two-state resolution. Well, we're now finding out more about the level of scrutiny that was taken by special counsel Jack Smith against Donald Trump when he left the White House. Smith is bringing in three expert witnesses for the trial against Trump that is set to start in March of next year. What the experts will contribute to the trial was revealed by court filings that were made this week by Smith. Those experts extracted and processed data from the White House cell phones used by Trump when he was in office. This includes websites and pictures viewed by Trump. Also, Trump's Twitter use on January 6th. The issue that is still to be resolved is the claim by attorneys for Trump that he cannot be prosecuted in this manner due to presidential immunity. Trump is currently appealing to a higher court on this argument. The U.S. Supreme Court has responded to a request coming from Smith asking them to expedite their consideration of Trump's case should it land before them. The Supreme Court said it would respond promptly in order to consider the appeals case, but they did not guarantee that the response would involve them actually taking up the case. A fellow Tennessean is helping out Senator Marsha Blackburn after she sought to subpoena the flight logs belonging to convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, who shuttled many politicians and Hollywood stars to his private island in the Caribbean. Blackburn's efforts were squashed in the Senate by Democrat chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Dick Durbin. Now Congressman Tim Burchett has revealed a letter that he sent to the House Oversight Committee chairman, James Comer, in which he's seeking a subpoena for those Epstein flight logs. In the letter, 
Burchett acknowledged that Epstein and his associates engaged in a global sex trafficking ring of minors that catered to the rich and powerful all across the globe. Burchett says he hopes the House Oversight Committee will provide accountability to the scumbags that Epstein associated with since the Senate Democrats refused to do so. Speaking of Tennessee, Senator Marsha Blackburn recently revealed the contents of a report from the Government Office of Accountability. It reveals $1.7 billion of taxpayer money was sent to Planned Parenthood between the years 2019 and 2021. On top of all that, Planned Parenthood received $90 million in small business loans from the Paycheck Protection Program that was implemented during the COVID-19 crisis. Republicans in Congress are upset at this news since the PPP loans were intended to help small businesses with less than 500 employees. Republicans are suggesting that Planned Parenthood illegally applied to this program. Blackburn called it appalling that big abortion providers are continuing to get federal taxpayer funds while mom and pop shops are struggling to keep their doors open. Over 60 percent of the American public does not want one penny of their taxpayer money going to fund abortions. Planned Parenthood has 600 centers across the U.S. and employ about 16,000 people. Researchers at Cambridge University have released a report on yet another way in which the COVID-19 vaccine is continuing to harm the health of those who were persuaded, deceived, or even forced to take it. The study shows that one-fourth of those who received the mRNA shot now have VADES. That stands for Vaccine Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome. The Cambridge researchers say that a discrepancy in the amount of synthetic uridine that was put into the mRNA base is causing problems within the human cells, forcing those cells to make unintended proteins that are then attacked by the natural immune system of the person, which in turn causes immune system flare-ups. National Story Updates have been brought to you by Open Inc., a website that is a repository of documents for those who like deep digging, critical thinking, and true journalism where the facts speak for themselves. Up next, a preview of what is coming and what is available on the Open Inc. website. Well, if you don't follow Rasmussen reports on Twitter, otherwise known as X, That is certainly an account worth following. Just this week, Rasmussen reports, along with the Heartland Institute, conducted a poll of voters regarding their actions back in 2020 during the presidential election. The results were then published on the Rasmussen Twitter account, and it shows that one out of five mail-in ballot voters admitted to at least one kind of voter fraud during the 2020 election. So here's the numbers breakdown. 17% admitted that they voted in a state where they no longer lived as a permanent resident. 21% of those polled admitted that they filled out a ballot for a friend or family member. 17% say they signed a ballot for a friend or family member without that person's permission. 8% said that in 2020 they were offered pay or some type of reward for going to vote. The conclusion from Rasmussen is that voter fraud was widespread in the 2020 election among those who chose to vote by casting a mail-in ballot. When it comes to mail-in ballots, Rasmussen reports that 43% of 2020 voters throughout the U.S. cast their vote with that method. 43%. And on top of all that, 10% of those taking the survey said they know of others within their sphere of relationships who also cast a mail-in ballot in a state where they were not permanent residents. The director of the Heartland Institute, Justin Haskins, called the results of this survey stunning and said this data is in direct opposition to Americans who were told that the 2020 election was the most secure in history. That was done by governmental agencies like CISA. 
Haskins goes on to say that concluding there was widespread voter fraud in 2020 is no longer a conspiracy theory, but is proven simply by the responses of the voters themselves. He also said that a democratic republic cannot survive if election laws allow voters to commit this type of fraud so easily. I could not agree more. Also coming out in the news this week from the Gateway Pundit are the comments that were recently made by the Secretary of State in West Virginia, Mac Warner. Warner is currently running within the Republican primary to be governor of that state. He's also a 23-year Army veteran. Warner says unequivocally that the 2020 election was stolen, and he even goes so far as to call out by whom. Warner was recently part of a gubernatorial debate where his past statements were brought up by the moderator regarding the 2020 election. That's where Warner doubled down on his claims and said it was stolen by the CIA. So as recently as this week, Trump repeated his arguments that the 2020 presidential election that he lost was stolen and that U.S. elections in general are rigged. There's no evidence the 2020 election was stolen. I know you have some issues about how some of the elections were conducted. I understand that. Do you believe Trump is correct when he says, continues to say, the election was stolen? The election was stolen, Hoppy. The was election sto- was stolen? It was stolen. And it was stolen by the CIA. When Mike Morrell testified under oath to Jim Jordan that, yes, he colluded with uh, Anthony Blinken to sell a lie to the American people two weeks before the election for the very purpose of throwing the presidential election. How does it not get stolen if it's more? And the FBI covers it up and Mark Zuckerberg pays $400 million to put his thumb on the scale. That's not a fair. Uh, so the election fair. was stolen. Yes. Warner was referring in particular to the former deputy director for the CIA, Mike Morrell, who disclosed to the House Judiciary Committee a conversation that he had with Anthony Blinken when Blinken was running Joe Biden's presidential campaign and before he became secretary of state, of course, the conversation had to do with Hunter Biden's infamous laptop from hell and how to squelch the news on it. That is when the two men hatched the plan to involve 51 former intelligence officers making statements that the Hunter Biden laptop was nothing but a disinformation campaign created by Russians to interfere with the election. Now, at this point in 2023, Most Americans now realize that was all a total lie, that Hunter Biden's laptop contents are not only from hell, but are very, very real and revealing of what all the Biden family has been up to in enriching themselves and corrupting the system while Joe was placed in a position of power within the U.S. government. Thanks for listening to this Daily Inc. update.